Welcome to the Moving in the Right Direction podcast, a podcast designed to successfully guide seniors and their families in moving from their longtime homes to the lifestyle they deserve. I'm your host, Chris Essenberg, and I am joined again this week by senior real estate specialist and author, Bruce Nemovitz. How are you doing today, Bruce? Glad to be here again, Chris. So, Bruce, I know we were talking last week about this crazy extreme seller's market that we are in right now. There are so many buyers out there and a very small amount of homes. I know things can change uh, in a market like this week to week, even day to day. Have you seen any changes uh, since we spoke last? Just a bit. We're starting to see some sellers kind of dip their toe in the water, just putting a few homes on the market here and there. Uh, buyers are still sadly uh, out of luck if they're trying to find a home because every time we put one on the market, we see 10, 15 offers on the same home. Uh, what we are seeing is buyers are becoming kind of more and more desperate and they're starting to eliminate contingencies, which we never, never recommend, such as a home inspection or financing. Again, I do think it'll change. I just don't know when. And I know you and I were talking before we started here, and there was an open house that was uh, right by you this weekend, and there was literally a line from the door all the way down the driveway into the street. I thought there had been a nightclub opened up uh, in your cul-de-sac there, but it was just uh, buyers there for one open house. It is insane. In fact, everyone in my neighborhood came over to take a peek because we were wondering what, what are all these cars doing here? Is there a party going on or is there a, an estate sale? And because of the pandemic, buyers are allowed one at a time. We don't have more than one in the home at one time in most cases. So, oh my God, it, I've never seen anything like this. Just for an open house, just for an open house. Wow. I want to get to our first guest today. We are so excited to have her. Uh, Bruce, I know you've been working with her for decades at this point. Um, She's been working with seniors for over 30 years. From Adele Lund Consulting, we are joined by none other than Adele Lund. Welcome, Adele. How are you? I'm wonderful and so glad to be here today. Thank you, Chris. Now, Adele, I I understand that uh, for decades you were helping families navigate the maze of long-term care, uh, whether that's assisted living, uh, nursing homes, or independent living. So you did that for a long, long time. But now you've actually started this new chapter, which is very exciting. You're actually coaching all the professional service directors that are involved in that process since you have such a wealth of experience. You're even coaching realtors. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit about this new chapter in Adele Lund Consulting? Well, of course, I would love to tell you about this. So I am coaching individuals who are serving senior clients, the same ones I used to serve and still do in some degree. But at the same time, I'm helping them to better understand their clients, how to magnify the importance of what they can do for seniors, understand the language, understand the uniqueness of this client compared to other clients that they may serve. And when it comes to real estate, Uh, I'm also coaching some of the realtors across the country, actually, who are interested in serving older adults, but don't fully understand that client and the distinction that client has between someone who's 40 or 50 years old selling a home and buying another home or the senior clients 
who are looking at that next stage of life and moving to a senior community or condo or something of that sort. And I've recently started working a little bit more with Bruce in a whole new way. So Bruce, why don't you tell them a little bit about what we're doing together? Adele, I just wanna thank you so much. You and I have worked together for many, many years. Now we're starting a new chapter where you are helping me with my clients, most of which are seniors or the family helping the senior. We just recently had Adele stop over to one of my clients because the family just wasn't getting along real well. Everybody had a different idea of what mom and dad should do. So I asked Adele if she would stop in and just maybe have a conversation. And she did. She went in, talked to the family, talked to their mom and dad. Well, I got a call shortly after thanking me and saying that now that Adele has sort of cleared the field and given them the information they needed, they're ready to move ahead. And, and what I really love about what both of you do is that you provide all of these families that are walking into what can be uh, a stressful situation with a complete comprehensive approach to this entire process. You know, uh, you've both been in the business for decades. Uh, so you know all the boxes that need to be checked. You know, uh, you know, everything from the downsizing for how to talk to the families for, you know, the entire process to get them, you know, as we like to say, moving in the right direction. I think that's so important. And it's, I know you can both attest to the fact that it's been so beneficial to so many families. So I know we spoke last week about how the pandemic has influenced seniors that were looking at a potential move, but Adele, I wanted to ask you how the pandemic has impacted those that are already in a senior living community and how it's also impacted their families. Well, Chris, it has turned their world upside down. It really has. And then again, that's true for all of us, I believe. Sure. Uh, isolating, not seeing their families as much or at all for a period of time uh, through this it's been incredibly difficult. Now, from the senior community perspective, it's been equally challenging because think about this. They've had to recreate an entire experience of living in a community setting, keeping them safe, yet providing them with an enriching lifestyle for residents. And it's been a yeoman's task. I'm, I'm truly amazed by what the professionals in those senior communities have done, uh, you know, showing their commitment, their passion to serving those seniors that are living with them. A brief story, there was a, one of the communities that I'm very familiar with as a lifestyle director who happens to be a saxophone player. Hmm. And in the midst of this pandemic, when the seniors were very isolated, staying in their apartments, since they couldn't come out, he went from wing to wing, floor to floor of that senior community. And he was playing his saxophone, playing mini concerts and the residents would open their doors, they would bring their chair out into their doorway, and the hallway was full of residents, all fully distanced for appropriate measures, but they got to enjoy a concert, some songs, some music, they started singing along, and then he would finish that one, move on to the next wing and the next floor. Truly, there have been amazing efforts being made in communities across this country to serve residents in a very difficult time. Such a great story. And I think it just highlights, I mean, as everybody knows, this has been a very, very challenging time and something that none of us have ever dealt with before. But seeing the stuff like that, seeing people kind of 
improvise and find a way to, um, you know, have that feeling of connection still be there when it's tougher than ever, especially for seniors uh, to, to feel that sense of connection. I think that's, that's awesome. So we're seeing more and more people that are being vaccinated. Of course, that's going to potentially have a very positive impact on things. Adele, what are you thinking we're going to see in these senior communities as more and more people are getting vaccinated? That's a really good question. The first thing you're going to see is that families are visiting again, at least uh, in, in locally in ours. Um, they're, the doors are opening a little bit more. They're not wide open, but they're certainly allowing families in to visit with their loved ones. That's one of the most important steps I can imagine in this process. Absolutely. Uh, and it's also with more vaccines, brings more confidence to transitions. Sure. Uh, a lot of seniors held off on moving in 2020 for all the obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have an onslaught of moves in 2021. Uh, to make up for that. And then there's also those needs-driven moves where seniors should have moved some time ago and they simply weren't able to. So I think we're going to see some big turnarounds. Um, Bruce, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, Adele, you helped me with my own mother. My mother is now going to be celebrating her 95th birthday on April Fool's Day, April 1st. And Adele helped me when my mom had to move from her condominium into a senior community where Adele worked. And I have to say that I got a call from my mother the other day who is excited because she's now sitting at the dining room table, having meals with other people. And guess what, Adele? All of a sudden the food tastes better. I was glad to hear that. Now, Bruce, from a market standpoint, uh, with this uh, increase in people being vaccinated, are are you seeing any changes already? Or or what are you thinking? How is this going to affect the marketplace now that more and more people are becoming fully vaccinated? I can't predict the future, but having done this for so many years and talking to so many would-be sellers, I can tell you that a very large number of them are now telling me that they are probably going to be putting their home on the market sometime before winter. Now, I'm in the uh, Wisconsin area where we have some very cold, harsh winters. Folks, as Adele said, have been isolated because of the pandemic. I believe from listening to these folks that they are not going to want to be isolated a second time. I mean, sure. just think about it. They've been isolated for a year now. Let's say we go into another winter, which is typically an isolation situation. So uh, I think the third and fourth quarter of this year is going to be the new spring and fall. That would make sense to me. I can already see things are, are really uh, starting to take an upswing for the better with uh, more and more people being vaccinated. It's exponentially increasing. And so I can only imagine where we're going to be in April or May, and especially like you were saying in the third and the fourth quarter. So that's good. That's optimistic. I think that's what people want to hear. I just want to say that we all try to time the market just as we do with the stock market. We all want to buy low, sell high. In talking to folks, I think many are just not moving because they want to cash in on this appreciation. But I can tell you that the market will change on a dime as it always has in my entire career. And we only have to look back to 2008 to remember we were in a very similar situation. And within a couple of days, the market absolutely took a 360. Absolutely. Things do change incredibly quickly. And that I think Uh, There is no better testament to that than what we've been through in the last year. 
Now, Adele, I want to get back to you and talk to you about the work that you've done with so many families. I've had the pleasure of listening to you talk a number of times, and one thing you always talk about is families finding themselves in crisis mode. Now, that being said, can you tell us a little about crisis mode and also about crisis management and what lessons you've learned from dealing with that entire process? So crisis management too often is the result of families not having the discussion around what if. What if something happens? What if mom or dad's health fails? There's all kinds of things that fall under the what if. Sometimes I hear the adult children saying to me, well, mom's doing okay. Uh, When she can't live alone anymore, we'll have that discussion. And the problem with that is that I have come to understand that the closer a senior gets to having to make that transition or move, the less inclined they are to talk about it. So I'm always constantly encouraging my clients to have the conversation between their adult children and their their parents long before the move has to take place. So if they do that, they start to understand what mom or dad would like us to do in a crisis. We start to understand what's behind their thoughts and their fears. And we have to create that plan B. Plan B for me is the what if plan. And if you have a plan where you've looked at some communities, you've looked at some services, you have some ideas of where you might want to go as a senior, if the time comes where you need to make that transition, now you communicate that to your family and they can execute your wishes, even if you're not in a position to make the decision at that moment, because they already know what your inclinations are. So plan B, create the plan B and then forget about it and live plan A until you need to. Sure. And and I know that, you know, procrastination, we often procrastinate on items that we don't want to face due to fear, due to the fact that they're just things we don't want to have to encounter because that life has those things. And I think this is absolutely one of those situations. And so it makes sense to me why, why folks would, and families would procrastinate over this situation, but also like what, I think what you're saying is based on what you've seen is that procrastination, if done long enough, uh, can lead to some really unpleasant crisis situations that people then find themselves in. So having that plan is so important. So, So I agree, Chris. You know, the fact is, have your plan be created before the crisis occurs. It's the best possibility. So I know I've been personally involved in the process of making important decisions as a family, and everyone is not always on the same page. Um, These situations have a tendency to definitely bring up some differing opinions and uh, definitely a lot of emotions. So uh, Adele, what can you say to the families going through this? Because I know you've helped so many of them come together and resolve these potentially challenging situations. So it's not uncommon to have family members with different perspectives related to what's best for their parents. Let's start there. Sure. I facilitated a lot of conversations over the years. And the number one thing I've learned is that we need to allow each sibling to be heard. When when they don't feel like they were heard, the divide between the family members becomes even greater. So they need to be heard. The second thing I've understood is we need to get at the why. So we might understand what they're saying about what they want or why they disagree, but we don't fully take the time to understand why did they get to the place where they're at? And oftentimes 
if they ask the why, they will learn about what the misunderstanding is, the miscommunication is, instead of just having the anger or the heads butting per se, uh, if you ask them why they feel that way, why they believe that to be true, you can oftentimes get at things and that can be relatively quickly resolved and it's just better for everyone involved. You know, that makes so much sense. Uh, listening to everybody involved is always such a key part of any type of mediation or, or group project. But on that note, is there ever a need for like a specific leader or point person, especially in a family with a lot of siblings? At some point in time, one family member needs to take charge because working through a crisis with consensus building is an impossible way to go at this. You have to have one person who's willing to step up and say, okay, you know what? We all, we all are kind of on the same page. We know we have some differences, but we need to make this decision and it has to happen now. So let's go forward and here's what we're going to do. And they make that decision. Everyone agrees on the thread of they're all doing it for the right reason because they love their parents, but we need one person in the family to step up and say, now we're gonna move forward. Adele, you mentioned having one kind of a point person. And I want to add to that in, in the real estate practice, um, we have so many documents that need to be signed and it's difficult to have multiple signers on the contracts and so on and so forth. So we always recommend that a family go ahead, maybe consult their attorney and one person, whoever is going to be that point person would uh, obtain a durable power of attorney. And that is a document that allows that particular person to sign for their mom or dad as far as any financial situation so that uh, throughout the transaction, they can be the one person that would be signing documents, of course, with the collaboration of their family. Well, thanks for that additional insight on that from the realtor standpoint, Bruce. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we love you. Um, another topic that I wanted to get into today is the difficult topic of guilt. Uh, so when we're faced with this situation, I know all of us have the uh, I could have done this situations or the I should haves that come into play when we're faced with moving our parents. And, and that can be debilitating completely and it can even lead to shame. So um, Adele, I wanted to ask you, in, in your mind, how do we overcome that? And what is, in your mind, uh, the antidote for this type of guilt? So guilt, you know, it's a powerful word. Uh, there's enough to go around for all of us for more than one lifetime. Uh, we want to do what's best for those we love. Let's just start there. We all, everybody I've met along the way, they want to do what's right for their loved one. For some, um, it'll never be enough. And so recognize that no matter what you're doing, some people will be unhappy with what you're doing, whether it's right or wrong, but you're doing the best you can. I'm going to suggest that it all boils down to one word, and that is intent. It all boils down to that. The antidote, I believe, is acknowledging to yourself that your intention was good, that you gave it your best today, and your best may be different yesterday or tomorrow than today, but today you had to make the decision and you gave it your best. And so, you know what, you'll do just fine. The guilt may be there. We don't, hard to get rid of guilt. On the other hand, if you recognize that your intent was honest and forthright, go with it. And frankly, if you have a faith, uh, faith in a higher power, send off a few prayers of thanksgiving and the ability to make a decision 
and then move forward with it. I think that's so important, you know, I, I, and not just with this situation, but in so many things in life, you know, I mean, what is our intention? Um, we're all going to make mistakes and there's going to be situations in life that don't have clear answers. And so there's going to be really tough decisions and, and we are prone as human beings to, to doubt our decisions. Um, but you know, if we really can, uh, align our tension with and say, you know, was I trying my best? Was I trying to get the best possible outcome for for all those involved? What was my intention? If, and if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, yes, my intention was good. That's all you can do. You know, Adele, you mentioned your best today may not be what was best yesterday. And somebody once told me, and I, I just always remember this, that when you're looking in the past and you think you haven't done enough you did the best you could at that time. So we're different today than we were then and stop the guilt train. Very well said. So so let's stop that guilt train and actually talk about some of the more positive aspects of this entire situation. So I know there are so many great aspects to long-term care, to the process of the transition, to all the amazing professionals that are out there that make such a great impact on the entire experience. Adele, can you tell us a little more about that? When I began my mission of serving older adults, you know, 30 plus years ago, there were services, there were senior communities, but today there are so many more. There are so many more senior communities. There are services that can serve older adults that they can tap into for a range, a broad range of things that they might need over time. There's something for everyone in a price range. There are providers of services that offer quality offerings. Uh, so my suggestion to you is use the resources that are available to you. A lot of them are free. A lot of them are free for the senior. And it will add to the wisdom that is behind any decisions you make. It will give you greater peace of mind. It will reduce your anxiety as well as guilt for family members. Because if you're talking with the experts, they can help you to get to the right decision. They're not going to tell you what to do. At least if they're good at what they're doing, they're not going to tell you what to do. But they're going to show you the possibilities. And they might tell you the pros and cons of each part of those decisions and those options. And that's where you gain the wisdom to make the quality decision for you, your family, your loved one. So ultimately, trust the professionals in this field. Their intention is to serve and help you, to help your loved one have a better quality of life. So don't waste the opportunity to work with these incredible professionals in the senior industry. And I, I know a lot of folks out there are probably getting a lot of relief hearing that. Uh, but a logical next question would probably be, well, how do I find the best communities and professionals in my area? Well, I'm here to say stay tuned because we are going to talk about that in future episodes. But for now, that's unfortunately all the time we have. But I do want to thank you, Adele, for coming on the show today. Uh, where can folks find you if they want to find out more about Adele Lund Consulting? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn, but they can also find me at my website, which is Adele at adellelundconsulting.com. Pretty straightforward. Perfect. And just for those listening, that is Adele, like the singer, A-D-E-L-E, and then Lund, L-U-N-D, consulting.com. And Bruce, how about you? I want to remind folks where they can find you or get more information about what you're doing? 
As always, um, my website is brucesteam.com. And on there are the books that I've written, if you're interested in that, and the articles that I write for a magazine in my local area. So um, also you can email at uh, bruce at brucesteam.com. And I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Great. Well, thanks again, both of you, for coming on. And I want to thank everyone out there for listening. We would love for all the listeners if you could subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any great future episodes. You can, of course, find the podcast at Bruce's website. He was just talking about it. Of course, that's brucesteam.com. Or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening and join us next week as we keep you moving in the right direction. See you then.